Hello and welcome to another of Quanta's ACMP podcasts. This time it's about the governance topic. And this topic is a summary topic in Aquaways, really, because it involves um, the use of 12 principles. And the principles really are just a summary of project management's best practice. There's not too much in here that will be wholly new. So we'll just go through um, each of these principles and just talk around them a little bit and give examples about how you, you could demonstrate their use. So the first principle is to have life cycle governance that involves approval. Come on, Tim, get... I know. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm no, struggling. Sorry, just sound, yeah. sound excited. <laughs> if it's like this for me, I don't know what it's like for you. Um, so this life cycle governance that includes approval gates at which viability is reviewed and approved. In other words, making sure that you have got um, a project sliced into into more manageable chunks. Um, that at the end of the stages at which you have gate reviews, there are key individuals who will meet and reassess the viability of the project making sure that information which is most pertinent is supplied so an up-to-date business case and if the benefits no longer seem to be credible then there's an argument that the project should end it's also a suitable juncture in the project to reassess the environment that envelops the project so in other words pestle that we've seen um, elsewhere or that we've heard elsewhere um, so to see if the environment that was in place at the start of the project, can you reconfirm that or have significant changes that might negatively or positively affect the project? The second principle then is to record and approve those decisions made at the gates. So it gives traceability, there's an audit trail, and importantly, accountability. Um, so particularly the steering group members, that they can actually have a record about what decisions they made and the reason for making those decisions. The management board at the top of the organisation ultimately should accept responsibility for governance that covers the entire portfolio program and set of projects. If they don't, then really none of the rest of this may work. And that's why governance as a topic can be quite empowering, because if projects continually fail, that can be an indication of an organisation with low maturity when it comes to project management, so akin to a functional organisational structure that was covered in the organisation structure topic. You can't always blame project managers and project sponsor if there doesn't seem to be a supportive environment in the organisation. So this shifts that responsibility or makes clear that responsibility lies with those right at the top of the organisation. The next principle is uh, ensuring that there are clearly defined roles, responsibilities and performance criteria for governance, for the implementation of governance throughout um, the portfolio programme and projects, that there is proper accountability. So it's linked to that early principle that we saw. And the next principle, and I'll give you a break from my voice for this one. Oh, hi. <laughs> so, uh... oh, seamless. Absolutely. So the next principle is to ensure that all projects, programs and portfolios are in line with the organisation's strategy. So it, it, that's, again, all these are really common sense, but, but like a lot of common sense, it sometimes needs stating. So you don't want people starting projects and programmes and so on that have nothing to do with it where your business is trying to get to. The next one is to ensure that there is independent scrutiny of your projects, programs and portfolios so that people are external to your project team coming at various points in the project and independently judge whether or not you're following the, the correct procedures and, and so on. As well, you can see maybe in the public sector, OGC gateway reviews and yep. the use of auditors in the private sector. Absolutely. Uh, the next one is to ensure that you foster a culture of improvement and frank disclosure. So always disclose frank. Um, I knew that Amy Winehouse album. Yeah, it was like a joke, wasn't it? But without the funniness. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so basically what this is about is it's about learning our lessons, but it's also suggesting that uh, in order to have a, a culture of 
learning your lessons and continue improving you need to be open and honest about uh, clo- uh, what you disclose so you kind of blame culture but right? how, how can that be done when it's talking about fostering a culture of improvement if you were tasked with that how could you make it more likely that, <laughs> well, that this would this would happen thanks sir. so you know when we just come up with a strategy for creating a culture of improvement well I'd, I'd start a program if you want to do this, if you kind of think that well, you, well, you have to get away from this blame culture, I yeah. mean, that's the, the key thing. So how, how might that be done? Well, I, I t- it's 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 an area so vast oh, that it ropes. cannot be discussed. <laughs> Surprise it in fifty words, hundred words. This, this uh, project, but uh, but say anyway, maybe if, if there be incentives and, and I think it's linked to some of the other principles as well about accountability. Because you think it's all well and good that you're escalating, say, an issue. Mm. Um, but if the person to whom you've escalated it then does nothing or just sends it straight back to you to say, well, what are you bringing this to me mm. for? Then it just disincentivizes mm. people from doing that again. And that does happen quite a lot, doesn't it, I think? Yes. Um, so maybe tying things into people's performance appraisals. Mm. Well, I once worked with an organization that swore they had a blame log. So they didn't have a lesson. They, this guy, I mean, I can't believe it, but he actually said we had a log. It was called a blame log. And if you did something wrong, you then got put in it. So the first thing I would do like a to foster step. a cultural improvement would be to dismiss the blame log. Okay, we need to uh, ensure that uh, delegated uh, bodies have the resources and capability that that re- they're required to, to make the decisions so uh, that you can't really delegate um, responsibility without authority is, is what that's suggesting. Do you want to do the last four or shall I, Tim? Or two each? Yeah, I'll do. We'll, we'll alternate, will we? Okay, um, so let's go. So the next one is um, ensuring that business case is supported by information that allows reliable decision making. So what can be meant by that really is that people have a tendency to suppress the costs of a project whilst exaggerating the benefits. Mm. Um, So it's making sure that every cost is going to be included. Um, So say, for instance, if the project was going to involve um, the delivery of a new IT system, you should also be factoring in the cost (laughs) to operate and maintain it, so the cost of licenses. With benefits, um, even if people... Um, carry out some kind of rigor on benefits sometimes they choose the most optimistic view of a benefit so using three-point estimating on your benefits so what's the most pessimistic view the most optimistic view the assumed most likely view Um, because especially if the benefits are monetized if you just go for the most optimistic benefit and then you suppress your costs then the comparison is completely false yeah so the reliability of the decision making can be achieved by making sure that the information in the business case is credible. Yeah, absolutely, and, and you're right because uh, if it, if it's in someone's self interest to get a, a project approved, it means they'll remain in work or be promoted or, or whatever mm. it might be. Then they're going to be trying to uh, persuade you that the the business case is uh, perhaps better than it is. And that's it. And you think if like, this whole notion of business case, like a case to the business, so a, a means of persuading the business that this project is worth investing investing in. And if a project begins on a false premise, it just means that that money hasn't been used elsewhere where it might have derived something that was more beneficial. Mm-hmm. So there's always going to be more than one call on resources. Yeah. Okay, uh, the next one then is to ensure that your stakeholders are engaged at a level that reflects their importance. So if we think back to the stakeholder management topic, uh, some stakeholders are identified as having high interest and influence, others, of course, uh, low. And it makes perfect sense that we should therefore communicate with these people uh, according to their status so more frequently and and at a higher level with those that are more important less frequently and perhaps one way with with those that are less important so that that's it 
Yeah, and also who actually carries out the engagement. So those um, that are deemed to be very important and have a high degree of influence, then it'd be likely that uh, that senior members of the steering group, the project sponsors, say, yeah. um, would be carrying out the engagement. Um, so the next principle is the deployment of suitably qualified and experienced people. So within the projects, um, there should be a resource management plan, a strategy that determines how you're going to acquire resources, but also you should have a plan to state what those resources should be. So if you need to get people of a certain competence, then that's going to affect your recruitment policy. And then the final one. Very simply, ensuring that all project portfolio and program management adds value. So it's just ensuring that if we're going to do all of this uh, management stuff and follow best practice and everything, that that, that it, it does actually help. So that's it 12 principles uh one can only assume at this stage that you might be asked to recall some of those for an exam i think i can't remember if you said it on this or not but i know you know it you don't have to recall those word for word thankfully because we didn't read you all the right words but uh uh it's about getting over the essence of what uh, a principle is about so don't get too hung up on language but can you actually describe the the purpose of a principle and i think the way to remember it is really just to look around uh, at the various topics we covered because there are principles associated with them. There's one about stakeholders, one about the business case, one about gate reviews, uh, and so on. So a lot of them are connected with uh, the topics we covered. That's how you can remember some of them. Okay, well, thanks, Tim. Thank you, Adam.